Hello, and welcome to episode 84 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Butler, and I'm back to my normal chipper self this week after last week's, I don't know how you would describe that performance, but it was under par at least. And I'm joined today with Phil Fariska. Welcome hey everybody. Back. Did you were, were you sick last week because of your juice cleanse and dehydration? Did you and not cheating? listen to our show I when you weren't here? No. Wow. I'm sorry I'm, I missed a week. Relax. I am agog at this present moment in time. And I'm joined also with Pete DeMeo, who was hey, not everybody. here either. Did you listen? Yeah. I am so happy to be back on the podcast. I've missed two weeks in a row. Yeah. And I'm finally back on and ready to go. I feel like we could have used your energy last week. I, I was not on my A game. Well, I brought my energy in spades. Well, if you stopped cheating and taking juice cleanses and Biggest Loser, you would have felt fine. Hey, well, to be fair, it's not cheating. There, there's no rules against it. It, it was a completely legitimate approach. And, and I might add, it was successful. Yeah. Because I'm I ended bummed, up winning. Because I lost 19 pounds, felt real good about myself, and yeah. you had to go lose 23. Indeed. I lost 23 pounds in, what, seven, eight weeks? How many weeks. total pounds did our office lose? Oh, it, it was, was like it was 150, o- something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was over 100. Wow. It was 150 pounds or something. And Two. that includes zero of mine. Yeah, Melissa <laughs> started and ended on, on pretty much the same it's way. Like we and lost there were a couple that went up. We lost an employee. <laughs> yeah. That's one way of looking at it. In, indeed. Oh, and Melissa's here, by the way. Hey. How's it going? It's going great. You were here last week to, see, to witness the travesty of my performance. I Yes, I was here for that. Yeah, but you, you helped. You carried the, carried I tried. the show. You I and tried. Jeremy were, 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 did a stellar job. We tried to step it up. Yeah. You know what's interesting is, I, I don't know if this says something, but uh, last week was one of our record weeks ever So in Ooh. terms of downloads. Ooh. So, yeah. It, it worked. I'll, I'll see myself out the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Pete, let's just leave. <laughs> yeah. So today, ladies and gentlemen, there, there are going to be plinths aplenty, I would say. And, and for once, it's not me on a plinth, because usually I'm the one that goes off on rants and tangents on the show. But today, I've, I've got a feeling, hey, Melissa, we might be in for a show, because I've got a feeling both Pete and Phil are going to get plinthage to the max. I want to grab some popcorn mm. and, and, and a beverage. Yeah, I, I think if you're listening to this driving your car, just pull over at the local movie theater, even if they're not open, <laughs> go in. It won't be weird at and all. Just break in and get some popcorn, get back in your car. Because you're gonna you're gonna enjoy this. We're well, we're gonna be talking about TripAdvisor. You know, it's that, a TripAdvisor conspiracy theory edition. Yeah, three questions that we really want answers to from TripAdvisor, but they're not really willing to answer to us. And you know, we kind of debated what to call this episode. I think one of my favorites was WTF TripAdvisor because I say that every day at my desk. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. They they have been driving us literally bananas recently with with some of their decisions. And, and lack of responsiveness and, and things like that. So we, we're just, you know, usually this show's about, uh, you know, helping people. There will be some tips in here. Like there's some things we've learned uh, that will be helpful. But but I think this is more of a therapy session at the end of the a day. A little bit of a therapy for, session. For Phil and, and Pete. A bit of an homage to CNC Music Factory. Just things that make you go, hmm. For <laughs> TripAdvisor. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wow. So it's, maybe that's our show title. It's not every it. podcast Thank you listen to has CNC Music Factory right. references. You hear, you hear it here on the Fuel Hotel Marketing podcast. I saw them in concert. Did you? I did. And what year was that? 1993-ish, two, three, wow. give or take. 
That, that was many moons ago. Yeah. I wonder if they're still touring. I the hope not. Shut down. <laughs> the factory was yes. shut down. <laughs> Bad working conditions. Yeah. The, 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 shut the factory down. The unions got involved. Dad jokes the whole mess. <laughs> hey, Melissa does the dad jokes now. All right. <laughs> what are you doing stealing? No, I'm sorry about that. All right. But before we get into TripAdvisor shenanigans, let's see what's going on in the newsies. Melissa. All right. We have a newsie straight from Google. Woohoo! If you are a Google Analytics user, you probably already received this information, but just in case you haven't, I'm going to fill you in on it. They have ruled out or rolled out their data retention information in preparation for GDPR. So if you haven't listened to the GDPR episode, please go back. Bring the popcorn with you because you're going to need something to keep yourself awake, but go listen to that. But uh, basically, Google is, you know, they're doing all the things that they need to do so that they are in GDPR compliance. And they're now giving you the ability to basically set your data retention time frame from 14 months to 26 months, 38 months, 50 months, or just to not have it expire ever automatically which is pretty cool that they're giving you the option of figuring that out. Well, I mean, it's not just cool. It's, it's legally required, you know, but the fact that they're giving us as the data owners, the ability to like their controllers. I like how they're handling this. They're being obviously, you know, in front of that May 25th deadline, but they're giving us the ability to really control our own data. And they say the devil's in the details. And this is, you know, even the GDPR episode that we did was very dry and you know, fact-filled, but you know, a little bit boring. And that's kind of what this is: is it's very important, but it's not you know tantalizing. So this isn't on a user level, right? This is for this is on the a, analytics. On a, yes, the, the analytics team. Yes. Okay. So you know, for instance, in our case, we'll go in and say we after a search and such date, we're going to not keep any data. You know, back. You know a year back six months whatever that number might now, be. now does that does that remove our annotations too or is it no i think just it's just the the person the data, data of yeah the the data of the users gotcha you know yes. yeah i mean the thing is with with gdpr it's all personally so uh personal i guess what would be identifiable word, personal identifiable. identifiable data so you can have all the the aggregate. attributes that you have yeah but it's just the you can okay, have aggregate data without fill. a problem Right. So only if it's personal. So yeah. probably for the majority of our clients, Google Analytics data isn't even an issue because, I mean, by default, you're not collecting anything that's personally identifiable unless you exactly. set up some real custom information where you're collecting, where you can see email addresses or yeah. Well, but you could be creating custom events or or, or things where you're storing personal identifiable information. Well, like I said, out of the box though. Right. Does confirmation numbers count as personally identified? No, no, it does not. No. It would have to be a name, a physical address, an email address, and something like or demographic information, stuff like that associated with those. Um, you know what I really think happened here? What do you think? Seriously? I think Google listened to our podcast about GDPR, which if you haven't done so, it's episode 82. So go to fueltravel.com uh, slash podcast, click on 82. I think they heard it and they got a little bit scared. You I think, I think you're right. Caught them off guard. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not very often Google actually sends out emails like this, like notifying people of changes that they're doing. And I think it was our podcast. So what what I'm hoping is TripAdvisor obviously listen to the podcast as well. They're going to hear this episode and we're going to see massive changes 
internally within TripAdvisor after we rant and shame them. God, I hope so. Yeah. You're welcome, travel community. That's right. I mean, if, if nothing else, I mean, we're visionaries for the market. And, and I think... <laughs> And I think not, not, not only are we visionaries, but some would say we are the architects of the future of this industry. Those people are probably in this room right now, and probably sitting in this chair. Hey, those right are some here. really smart people, so yeah, I'll but, listen to them. Yeah. Right, do we have any other newsies? Yeah, I have one news item here, and it's from Skift. They always put out some really interesting things, and they put out an article recently for being informal is the future of luxury guest relations interesting article and really what it goes into is the the luxury demographic does not always want to be treated as a a a luxury traveler let's say you know they want to be they want to see real experiences just like everybody else they're traveling for the experience and you're seeing from a luxury perspective the concept of you know being in a very sterile condition, you know, treated like royalty, is kind of taking a little bit of a back burner in recent days, going toward more of an experiential type trip for the the luxury guest. Showing some personality, right? <clears throat> right, exactly. So from a, from a hotelier's perspective, at these luxury properties, you're still giving the level of service that they'd expect, but removing some of the barriers to where that person doesn't feel like they they're making a physical connection with the staff and the location they're visiting. Well, I, I like this article, and there was one piece in particular. I think it was um, the Ellerman House. Uh, what they do when someone shows up on their property, they, they give them a walk around, and they get a feel for them. They understand, is this a laid-back person? Is this a person who wants to go to the to the high-end restaurant? Is this a person who wants to go to a little dive bar and the best tacos in town? Like They, they kind of get a feel for whoever the guest is staying at their property, and they really personalize the experience. And I think that that is... That's epitome of luxury to me is personalizing the experience to a mm-hmm. to a given guest. Yeah, I agree. That one size fits all mentality that that was you know in in the past would be perceived by many now to be stuffy. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and and the whole white glove. Treatment. Yeah, it's awkward. Like I I you know I've I've dined at fine restaurants and stayed at nice hotels, but when when it's so abnormal to my everyday living, it's it's uncomfortable, right? It's not it's not something that I enjoy. Uh, all the pomp and stance around it. It's, so this is this is an obvious move for me because society has changed. You know, being called, addressed in a specific way or, or having the white gloves or, or whatever it is, like laying the napkin on my lap for me, that's not stuff that I look for in a luxury experience anymore. And I, and I think society as a whole is, is obviously moved in that same direction. So this is great. As I read this article, I couldn't get the episode of The Office, the concierge out of my head when he asks <laughs> Concierge Marie every little every little detail about the town. I don't know. I just I, I loved it. And he follows her out to the bar. <laughs> just I'm, I couldn't get it out of my head. You never need to bring up The Office around me because I'm gonna I'm gonna fight tooth and nail. And How yours the is better? British original Office is Whatever. infinitely better than the American stuff. I like the American Office. Don't get me wrong. It's just not nearly as groundbreaking and funny. All right. That's my plinth for the day. You can plinth about the office Should we get under your plinths? <clears throat> Let's do it. All right. So, Pete, you put these notes together. I think you, you published a blog post as well on, on fueltravel.com slash blog about this very subject. 
Yes, I did. And it's a bit ranty. So, so how do you want to tackle this? So it's a little bit ranty. And you know, really since the beginning of 2018, we've seen a lot of just weird things coming out of TripAdvisor. And you know, we've been on the call with them, or on several calls with them, and we've had even more opportunities where we've tried to contact them and not gotten any response. Yeah. And, and we, it, we've worked with TripAdvisor for a long time. You we know? have. And, we, and you know, we've worked... Back in the what was it the AIM days? Is that what they called the? It was like amenities, something oh, yeah. maps, right? You had the business listings, which still exist. But we've worked through uh, Instant Book, uh, Trip Connect, sponsored mm-hmm. listings now. Like so, we we've really got a rounded knowledge and experience with TripAdvisor over many many years. Yep. But but I 100% agree with you that our experience over the last couple of years, really the last year especially. Has, has fundamentally changed. Yeah, and we're not, I'm still a big TripAdvisor fan. I mean, we're seeing it on a month in, month out basis, you know, 500 plus percent return on ad spends. You know, so we're still a big TripAdvisor fanboy, I guess, but we're a little bit jaded because of how they've acted really in the last six months almost. Well, we have to be TripAdvisor fanboys because we know our consumers use them right. every time. I mean, I don't know. I really don't know anyone who doesn't use TripAdvisor when they're about to take any trip. I, I don't. It's, it's I the number one checks. travel brand website. It, exactly. it came out recently in a study that, yep. that more people go there than any other single website related to travel. So yep. as much as I rant There's about them in this office, I understand how important they are to us, but I'm still mad. Yeah. I will tell you this, though. If they don't change, if something doesn't change, I don't necessarily mean it has to be them because we'll get into some of the things that could happen. But if something doesn't change, they are in major danger of eroding the brand, in, in major danger of eroding the trust that they've built with the consumer, and in major danger of losing that position that they've they've fought so hard to earn. I, I would almost equate TripAdvisor right now to a Microsoft or even a Netscape type mentality where they've built what they think is the perfect machine and consumer be damned or we're going to do whatever we want to do. And I, it could lead in a very bad direction for TripAdvisor. The conspiracy theory in me says, well, maybe they're just setting the stage for some big changes that are going to capitalize on I can't all believe you just had a Netscape reference, but... Awesome. I'm going way back. Hey, we went to CNC Music Factory. We talked about all kinds of old school stuff. This is Throwback Thursday edition of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but do you see what I'm saying, though? It, yeah, it's, it seems absolutely. like they, yeah. they're, they've stopped thinking they've about... They've lost their North Star. There's no question. Yeah. Like Their, their purpose, the, why, why they were created, the thing that drove them in, in a direction to help people does not exist anymore. Or at least it's not... It's not visible in the decisions that they've been making recently. You said it perfectly. I mean, go to TripAdvisor's profile page for your property. And I mean, Melissa, what does TripAdvisor do? Is there, what is What are they known for? The reviews? You have to scroll Perhaps. like two pages down to even get to the reviews now. I mean, they've completely been become beholden to TripConnect, InstantBook, and... You know, driving business to the OTAs. Oh, you mean they're revenue generating clicks? Right, exactly. <laughs> and I understand why they do it. But at the end of the day, I mean, Stuart, to your point, the North Star is that's two scrolls down? 
but again, like you pointed out, that's why we go there. That's right. why it's why it became so popular, and it's how they got such a foothold on the market as people trusted their reviews. Yeah. And now they're putting them down there at the bottom of the page, and just no click and give us money. Click and give us money. And people still trust them now. Today, they still trust them. I, I'm not so sure that in 12, 24 months from now, they're going to be as trustworthy because of the kind of crap they're mm-hmm. doing with sponsored posts or sponsored. Yep. Um, what do you call it? Sponsored positions. Sponsored positions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that actually brings us to the first question. We have three big questions that we want to ask TripAdvisor. And we've asked TripAdvisor and not been answered. Question one is... But, hey, they're going to answer now. I mean, we're, we're putting the pressure of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast right. on, on their shoulders. But we need to let Kim, our receptionist, know that... We might be getting a call. a call from TripAdvisor even during the podcast. This we reached out to even them though this to is be a not part live streamed, even though I haven't edited it and published it. They they like know that we're doing telepathically. This yeah, it's going Trip to the airwaves. They can feel it. Hey, we've reached out to them to be a part of this and kind of got the runaround. We've asked them to be on the show before, multiple right? times, and, they just and like, we've got some real response. Oh, no one got back to you yet. All right, let me follow up and. Uh, See see how that goes, yeah. and no response. Yeah. Hey, so and, and and if anyone from Tripadvisor is listening to, to this this show, there is an open invitation. Please, you, you are welcome to come on this show and yeah. defend your position and answer these questions. And honestly, anytime. That's, that's why one I wrote this blog post, and two we're doing this podcast. Is we've asked these questions, and the oddest thing of everything is we have not gotten any answers. And some of the questions, I mean, the, the first one we'll go over in just a second, they're, they're big questions, but their phone support staff and our customer service reps cannot answer them or will not, will not answer them. So. Yeah. And then when, I'm sure we're not the only ones asking, asking these questions. These are fundamentals. Yeah. All right. So, so what, what is the first question? First question is, why is TripAdvisor using sponsored positions to sell business listings? And I'll kind of give you a quick example of this. And we've seen this across... Tens of clients, tens, 20 Multiple, clients. Yeah. Dozens, yeah. Uh, but what we're seeing is for 2018, when your business listing renewal rolls around, they're coming out with significant increases in the cost of your business listing. Or if you promise to use sponsored positions, they'll keep you at the 2017 grandfathered rates. Yeah. Which, Sounds which, like blackmail. Well, I, it's a sales yeah. technique that a mm-hmm. lot of people use, right? There's a, they're offering an incentive to get people to adopt a new platform. And that that in and of itself is not a bad strategy for, for someone that's trying to, to mm-hmm. deploy a new product. So I don't, I don't really hold them accountable for that. The, the problem is the product itself is terrible, and it doesn't really benefit the person that they're asking to pony up more money. Right. I mean, I, the, the two problems that I have with this is, one, business listings are continuing to become less and less of a star performer. You know, we're not seeing the return from a business listing that we've seen in the past. And then two, Stuart, to your point, sponsored positions, there's literally no reporting associated with it whatsoever. So they want me to spend 30 bucks a day for sponsored positions in they can't tell me if it did anything positive for my business. Right. So for those that, that aren't familiar, like <clears throat> describe to them what the sponsor position is. Okay. So let's say you go to your destination. Let's use Virginia Beach in this example. If you go to Virginia Beach on TripAdvisor, it's going to show you the top-ranked properties in the destination. All right. So that's going to be the number one reviewed property, right, Pete? It's going to be at the top. 
Up until a couple months ago, absolutely. It was either the number one traveler ranked property or the number one you know, reviewed pro- or best value property. Now it's best value. Yeah, now yeah. it's best value. But yeah. what they're doing now is they're inserting a new property in there that's on a cost per click basis that it's one of three price tiers that you can buy in at. Typically, it's around a $10 a day, a $20 a day, and around a $30 a day price range. You buy into that, and that puts you at the very top. <clears throat> and we wrote a... You so know, you could be plan- paying close to a grand a month for this placement. Easily. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. So, and there, there's value to it. I mean, we had uh, earlier podcast about sponsored positions. Uh, we'll look up the, the specific podcast and we'll put in the notes. But what's so interesting is it, it makes sense if you are a great property, but you're underranked. Or you're a brand new property and you want to get on that first page. You just made renovations and you need right. some eyes on you. I, we, yeah. we get that. And there are there are spots where it makes sense to run this maybe even for just a little while. Yeah. But the problem is when you go to look at the, re- the reporting and how that system performs. What reporting, Pete? Uh, well, I guess that, that's kind of the <laughs> mic drop. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. We go look at this and they show you what you spent, ad views, clicks, and click-through rate. Okay. How – what – can I look for the last month? No. I have the option of last seven days, last four weeks, last three months, last six months, last 12 months. No, I can't set a custom date range. I don't know how much I spent in the last month. It, And they cannot tell you whether this produced how many uh, cost per click, how many instant books. No, they don't tell you what the sponsor position actually did for you. Right, let's it, go back to and, and it's driving to the profile page, right? So, so it's it's right. not like it's bene- really benefiting you as a as a as the advertiser, right? Every other form of advertising you do, when you pay for a click, you're driving them to your ecosystem, to your booking engine, your website. In this case, and this is probably the biggest problem I have with it, what it's doing is you're paying TripAdvisor to generate more revenue for TripAdvisor. Because once once you drive that person from the sponsor position to your profile page, you're back in the lottery of potentially the OTAs getting that booking because they're exposed to TripConnect and Instant Book. Or Again, paying right. twice for the same click if they do click on your direct right, right. booking. Yeah, it, it's the most ill-thought-out advertising program I have ever seen in the history of hospitality. If I could consider this a double dip, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's a perfect way of saying it. And from a customer's perspective, if you came to me and said, I will put you at the top of the listing, I'll drive you to your profile page, and I guarantee you that the rate shown will be either the instant book or the CPC to your property. The, yours will be shown preferentially yes. over everything else. I, a, I, I would, would be, be okay on with board that. with that. But that's not what's happening. <clears throat> no. So you, you're you competing to get there, and then you're competing again. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And ep- episode 74 was the episode where we talked about uh, TripAdvisor. I just looked it up. So, I mean, that's kind of our big question. And we've asked the, the TripAdvisor team, you know, on the phone with, with uh, as a conference call with the client and TripAdvisor, specifically about this because – Again, you know, the, the position TripAdvisor is taking is if you want to renew at the 2817 rate, you have to participate in sponsored positions. And we ask them, how should we determine if this is a good ad buy? Because everything we do is based on return on ad spend. You know, can you show us how this will work? And at that time when we talked to them, they said, 
oh, well, reporting's coming. And the only thing they gave us was a date selector, which wasn't even available before. Mm -hmm. It was, hey, what day did you sign up? Well, you have between that day and 30 days after to see how many clicks you got, and there is no date selection. Yep. And like I said, now this date selection is garbage in the first place, so we don't, we don't <laughs> well, get to see Tell us how anything. you really feel. We Pete. told you there would no. be flints in this episode. Hey, so Pete, tell me the story. Like when you were on the call with TripAdvisor <clears throat> and one of our clients, and you asked them for past for historical data, and they said, yeah, let me let me look back at uh, at last month's data. Well, no, no, that was the I – mean, from, from my perspective, it was pretty humorous because they said, yeah, absolutely, we can get that done. And they pull it up, and then you kind of hear a pause. <laughs> this is something that's in production, and we're going to be working on having that reporting for Because you. they don't have anything past 30 <laughs> yeah. days. That's so. ridiculous. What yeah. kind of platform doesn't have data, historical data, past 30 days? That, that's yeah. nonsense. Yeah. And, and this is the, the, the days we're having to make decisions on for the 2018 spend, which, I mean, it, this yeah. is incredibly important. And, you know, from our perspective is we're not against sponsored positions. You know, we feel – like any tool in your toolbox, there's times to use it and there's times not to use it. But the problem is, is when you don't have the analytics behind it, you don't know when that is. Yeah. Let alone make a decision of, I want to spend more money for my business listing or not. So here, here's the takeaway from this, because we, we've ranted, but I like this show to be tangible and I like people to be able to take value from it. So this has been our experience <coughs> so far. We've had multiple clients that have called us or emailed us and said, this is what's going on. TripAdvisor is telling us to get on this sponsored listings thing. Should I do it? Yes or no? And we tell them absolutely not right now. Unless you're one of those two classifications, Pete, that you've identified. Mm -hmm. Either a brand new property or if you're a quality property, renovated or something like that, right? So they'll come to us and say, should, should I do this? No. But then their reps is coming, is coming up to renewal time and these folks are saying to us, well, they're telling us the rate is getting jacked on the business listings unless I do this. What should I do? So we, our advice, and we've done this multiple times and it's happened really well every time, pull your data. Pull the data on your ROI from your business, business listing. Hopefully you're campaign tracking that. Hopefully you can tell how much revenue you generated directly from your business listing and send that back to your rep. Tell them that your ROI, and it's probably not the greatest, right? It's it's probably in the three to five to one return. Not not the best. But certainly if they're going to double your rate this year, it's not a viable investment for you. Tell them that. Show them the data. And then every time, every time we've had a client that's gone back to TripAdvisor, shown them their data and said, I will not renew if you increase my, my rate every single time, TripAdvisor has caved and they've said we will honor your 2017 rate. So even though they're strong arming you, even though they're telling you that they will not, they will jack your rate unless you do sponsor positions, stand firm, stand up to them and say, no, I will not renew at a higher rate. If you want my business, I will only pay what I paid in 2017. In every case we've advised that, it's it's happened in TripAdvisor's caving. That's your takeaway for the episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, that alone will save you in thousands case, of dollars. Thousand dollars. Yeah, give it, just send me a check for ten percent of what they were trying to increase. We don't ask for much here on the fuel. Podcast. No, just ten percent. That's all. <laughs> all right, Pete. What's the second question? Second question is why has the traditional hotel rankings dropped so significantly? And we've seen this before. But this one has been pretty drastic, right? Well, no, well, no this is different. 
because normally when they they've done a shuffle, which any algorithmic, you know, ranking system, when they make changes, you're going to see a shuffle. In the past, when we've seen this happen, where there's been a drastic drop, TripAdvisor's come back and said, "Whoops," and they fixed it. Right? Oh, it they had a lot of back. people this firing back. This happened in 2017 yeah. as well. It did, but it, it but it it jumped back up right after yeah. enough pressure came from people. Yeah, and, and let's jump back a little bit to kind of get the listeners kind of a updated on what we're seeing here. Let's just assume they know what we're talking about. Okay, <laughs> perfect. So that's what I would do if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> no, so what we've seen saw happen is the rankings for properties have dropped significantly for a traditional hotel. Now, in this case, we're seeing it primarily, or at least I've monitored this primarily in the Myrtle Beach market, but I know for a fact it is Yeah, it's everywhere. happening everywhere. It's happening in Virginia Beach. It's happening in Daytona. <clears> it's <throat> happening in Panama City Beach. Any any beach destination that we're looking at. And a lot mm-hmm. of, I mean, a lot of our clients are beach destination resorts, right? So. Yep. And, and we monitor the TripAdvisor position. This is honestly, we love TripAdvisor. It's very important for a business. And we monitor their position on a weekly basis. So we have four properties here that have been anonymized. But property one on March 11th uh, was ranked 29th. On April 8th, 47th position. Property two was 36. They moved to 61. Property wow. three, 24 position moved to 41 and then property four was 34 and they're now at 56 so yeah. somebody is winning out of this obviously these properties who weren't ranking well who right. now are loving it yeah and but this, when you see a quality property who earned their number four ranking drop into the 30s something uh, overnight crazy. too it's not like it's a a gradual slip because the quality of the property is declining it i understand is. that right literally this overnight. is literally someone flipped the switch in a bunch of quality, mm-hmm. legitimate properties dropped. And this happened in 2017. And we said, whoa, what's going on? We got on the phone with our TripAdvisor team. And they said, yeah, crazy algorithm stuff. We're working on fixing it. And I think within a day or two, well, they, it, it the rankings back. were back they to They instantly normal. reverted. Whatever they had changed, they reverted. And we were right back to where we were positioned prior to the change. Now, this one, uh, we've seen nothing for how long? Month? It's been at least a month, but and here's where it gets so interesting is this happened at the same time that TripAdvisor integrated vacation rentals into the overall search results for a destination. Right. So there there are admittedly a lot more listings there are in destinations now, right? So you may have gone from a there were two hundred hotels in your destination to now there's four hundred listings in you. Mm-hmm. So I get that, right? I get that there's a drop, but I don't think that's a good user experience. I don't think the vacation rental uh, listings, uh, I think they're important, but I think that's a different consumer. I think you're muddying the water by showing these blended results the way they are. And I think it's hurting the hotel industry. Right. And with with vacation rentals, you're more likely to see a single one-off unit just as well as you would see the actual branded property. In Myrtle Beach, there's one specific example of a resort that is, or it's not even a resort, it's more of like a motel. If you think of a 1960s era motel, this property is even on the National Historic Register, hasn't been updated in forever. All of a sudden, it's in the seventh position in all of Myrtle Beach. Yeah, this this seems to be an, a, a bias, a, a favorable bias towards these vacation rentals or mm-hmm. sm- smaller properties like this. Yeah. Which, which, 
you know, this goes back to where I feel like they've lost sight of their North Star, TripAdvisor has, because that is not, to me, is not serving the consumer's exactly. best interest. And and that's why TripAdvisor won the review war. That's how they got the prominence, mm-hmm. was because they were the advocate for the consumer. They gave visibility to the consumer into this very, you know, opaque industry. How do I know what, what the hotel is going to deliver in terms of experience TripAdvisor solved that problem and did it really really well for a mm-hmm. long time well, let me ask you guys this question so in any given destination what should the number one property be is it is it based on value or is it based on you know is it is it a luxurious like should that be if, your if you number have, one well, it depends what search term you, i mean which uh filter you choose if you're looking for i want the top ranked property i want the number of I people want, who gave it five dots first and then go down from there. Yeah, I because I, yeah. I think that, I agree, and and they're different filters, right? Because you look at you could look at value, and you could look at price ranges, and, and and things like that. I don't think it's the nicest property. I don't think it's the five star property in in that in that destination should be number one. I think it's the the property that over delivers experience beyond the expectations of the guests, right? And and we've seen this over the years where. Uh, it, it's kind of it's kind of an evolving thing because you see a property that's kind of top twenty for a long time, and it it does a really good job of getting guests to review and, and delivering great service, and it creeps up, and then as soon as it hits that top five or, or number one position, the reviews start to change the tone a little bit, right? So it goes from you know, because this isn't the nicest property in the destination, but it delivers a great experience. But people go from saying, wow, I was blown away by the customer service when it's at number 20. But when they get to the number one position, people are like, it was great. I had no complaints about the property, but, but I expected something more because it was number one yeah. on TripAdvisor, right? So there's this equilibrium where it becomes a little fluid about which, which is number one based on expectation which is which is a natural ranking right process which is that's uh, yeah. kind of what TripAdvisor does right and, and to be fair that you're not going to really be able to discern a whole lot of difference between the top 10 or 20 in a destination that has 400 properties in mm. any one of those top 20 are going to be equally good so now you're looking at you know, value, you're looking at price, you're looking at location, you're looking at amenities, you're looking at what uniquely appeals to your specific requirements. That's natural, and that, that I think, is how people use TripAdvisor. But yeah. now they're manipulating that perception by artificially benefiting vacation rentals or, you know, properties and, and that fair, are spending more money with them. They're showing preferential treatment to vacation rentals, we know that the rankings went haywire when they added vacation rentals. And but it, we also know there's weird vacation rental properties that are yeah. ranking way higher than you would assume they should. Yeah. And I guess my – I understand with growth comes bugs in the, in the web development. Is that what Spider-Man said? Or Spider-Man's <laughs> well, I, said? I think that's it sounds what, uh, like a Spider-Man quote to me. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a Spider-Man quote. Uh, <laughs> but no, with like from the web development business, I understand when you build something massive, you're going to have bugs. And in the past, TripAdvisor acknowledged this and fixed it. What's most odd to me is that this has been going on for well over a month. TripAdvisor doesn't even acknowledge that something really odd is going on. And, and last time they did. Last time and last time they did. Exactly. They and we've asked. We've asked multiple times. And they just, it's tumbleweed. Right. No, no response. 
I mean, the fact that if you're looking at the destination ranked by or sorted by ranking and you can see a, a resort or a property, I should say, with a lower dot score than another one ranked higher, it, like it doesn't make sense that a three dot property would be actually ranked higher than a three and a half dot property. And we've seen that. Yeah. on sporadic occasions or for example another property that is ranked uh let's say number five that has three thousand reviews against a number seven property that has less than 300 reviews <laughs> like how can I, I, it no, no it just doesn't make any sense to and, me and kind of goes back to the very beginning we understand that stuff changes we understand that there's going to be algorithm shifts but if we're not communicated Two, it makes us say, makes us go down that conspiracy theory route that, oh, something, it something big distrust. is coming down the road. Yeah. You know, well, we get it. We they can't tell us what the algorithm is, or we game it and try to beat them. Sure, but, but it, it needs to be at least fair. I you agree. Know? And I Completely. don't feel like right now it's a fair algorithm. Mm -hmm. I don't not. need to know the nuances. I just need to know that if you do the right things and you deliver a great experience, you're going to benefit from that. And and I don't feel like that's the the ecosystem that we live in today. It, and maybe that's the takeaway for you know question two here is you still have to do the best you possibly can. You have to get create the best reviews you possibly can, you know, by giving that experience to your guest. But the other thing that we're seeing as well is there's a direct revenue correlation to your property ranking on TripAdvisor and the money in the bank. And yeah. I think that's where so many people are getting frustrated and we're saying, hey, TripAdvisor, pick up the phone, at least let us know that something's coming that's going to make this better. Yeah, I mean, we've done numerous studies over the past several years and they're, they're, you're right, Pete, there is a direct correlation between your TripAdvisor rankings and ratings and the revenue you're generating from, not just mm -hmm. from that channel, but the demand for your product right. in general. Because, you know, it's not linear how people book. Not everyone's going to go through the same hoops in the same order. So the fact you, you, they can discover you on TripAdvisor now, not just look at TripAdvisor at the end of their research funnel, is critically important. So your TripAdvisor rankings and ratings are so, so, so important to your bottom line. But, you know, I think one of the other things I want folks to take away from this is that the direction that TripAdvisor is heading means you really shouldn't put all your eggs in that one basket. You really mm -hmm. should start to, if you haven't already, consider the other places where reviews exist. There's lots of them. You know, you can look at Yelp. You can look at, very importantly, you can look at Google. And you can look at the OTAs. And, and as much as we, you know, rail on the OTAs here and preach direct bookings, OTAs are another really important part of the ecosystem where people, a lot of people still start mm -hmm. their research journey. And if you want to be in their decision set, you better have great reviews because that's going to influence the, how many people see you. So spending time to distribute your rank, your reviews. So not just saying on your post day emails, go review me on TripAdvisor, but give people an option, maybe mm -hmm. rotate that between the different channels, I think is really, really important, especially given the direction TripAdvisor is heading. Indeed. So what's question three, Pete? All right, so question number three is, why are we seeing so many reporting and system management issues? I would love to know the answer to this the, one. The, the plinth is yours. I, I think you should just email TripAdvisor and they'll tell you. Oh, will they? Will they answer the phone when I call? Pro or probably. not for 
yeah. 20 times in her. You know Sorry, I, this is me ranting. I bet, <laughs> I feel, I bet if you email them and tell them something like, hey, this property that's been on TripConnect constantly for the past year, all of a sudden dropped off for no apparent reason. I bet if you emailed them, they'd get right back to you and tell you exactly when it was going to be fixed. Is that not the case? No, no. What, what Tot- happens? No, totally not the case. Uh, we hear, oh, we're working on this and there's no timeline to fix it. Like literally or, they tell you there's no timeline to fix it. Seriously, every yeah. time I've talked to them in the past six months, what I hear is, yes, that's in works and there is no timeline to fix it. I, I don't know how they're in, running a in business. In the past in two weeks, I have called them over 10, 15 times. I have not got a single person on the phone. Pete just got somebody on the phone yesterday for the first time in two weeks. Whoop, whoop. We want to give you money. We have a new property in town, brand new hotel. We're trying to set up a business listing. They're not picking up the phone. That, that, sorry, that's outside of the yeah. scope of what that, we're talking yeah, that's about. That's the, the fact that they have not, they're not communicating anymore. <laughs> Why do they hate money so much? Why do they hate money yeah. so much? I don't get so, it. But, but Phil, go back to the mystery, mysterious case of Trip, Trip Connect CPC not working. Oh, geez. January. Yes. So in January, all of a sudden, we see zero clicks, zero clicks, zero clicks, day after day after day. And we're contacting them. What's going on? What's going on? They tell us it's running, but we can't see that happening. At the end of the month, we finally they say, oh, yeah, you were running the entire time, yet our spend was $1,500, $2,000 less than it should have been. Uh, I, I was a, I was dumbfounded. It was it was shocking to me that that they tell us we're running. They don't show us any data that we're running, and then all of a sudden it seems to ramp up within like three days before mm-hmm. the time we pay them. So uh, that was that was strange to me. Yeah, and this happened all of January, where for multiple the, clients, for the multiple clients and multiple locations, where at the very beginning of the month, for the first couple weeks. Trip Connect CPC was not turned on for really any individual property, either a independent property or a hotel flagged property. I mean, big names. Mm-hmm. It was not turned on yet. It was running for at least we know Booking.com. Every time Booking.com showed, but I couldn't make I couldn't recreate a hey, this is the official site right within the within the t- typical trip TripAdvisor yeah. auction. Yeah, and what was interesting is we weren't getting charged for any clicks either so which, which was good because it would have been worse if it wasn't running and we well, were no, but that's charged. where the confusion came from because when we talked to the rep they're like oh yeah absolutely everything is running just fine we have a reporting issue that's not showing the clicks and yet we're not driving any clicks they're not charging us for any clicks you know my assumption would be even if there was a reporting issue they'd backfill the data once they fix the issue and they would still charge us for the clicks but come end of January, when the invoices go out, no charge. Yeah, I just feel like we got lied to, and I was real bitter about that. Which, which you know, I, you can forgive engineering problems, right? You can forgive bugs in software. We we develop software. We understand that that. Yeah, glass ish, houses. Issue, I'm not going to. Right, issues happen. Like it's not like our software, our booking engine never had a bug. But when it does have a bug, we we whoever is customer facing will understand what the bug is and what implications it has and they will communicate clearly and honestly to the to the client and and TripAdvisor there seems to be this huge disconnect right now like with the customer facing employees in what's actually going on with the product 
Like they just don't seem to have their arms around what's going on. That's a big, big concern yeah. for me. So that was the start to our year of <clears throat> TripAdvisor not giving us the traffic or revenue that we assumed was going to happen based on the, the budgets we allocated towards the platform. The second one is with the instant booking platform. And we pay, in some cases, 15% to garner 50% impression share on instant booking. Other cases, we pay 12%. A minimum of 50%. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yes, thank you. And in other cases, we pay 12% to get 25% of the impression share. Yet, when I go to their reporting side, it shows me about I'm getting 5%, 6% impression share. Garbage. I'm, right. I'm saying... Which is the opposite of what it used to be. It used to be we'd recommend the 95%. clients... 95%. Right. Don't, say, don't do 15% yeah. because 12% will get you the majority of impressions. Absolutely. We had people running at 12%. That we're getting 95% of impressions. And now now we look at it and it says six. So we yeah. contacted them about it and said, please explain this to us. Yeah, you guarantee us a minimum at 12% commission, you guarantee us a minimum 25% impressions that we're not hitting that minimum. The so, response we got was, this is a reporting issue. You are getting 50%. <laughs> Believe me. It sounds like Trump. Believe me. <laughs> Just believe but me. For those listening, which is everyone... He just did a Trump-esque hand gesture there. Just believe me, everyone. His hands keep going up every time he says, believe me, it's great. So, and, and then again, I mean, you know, sponsored positions, there's there's a reason for them to be there. There's tools or places where you can use them. But the problem is, is if there's very little reporting to start with and the reporting that's out there is wrong, don't expect us to up our business listing costs. Yeah. You know, if, if the reporting is not even accurate. Yeah, it's, it's tripwise literally this year. It's like, all right, so half our stuff doesn't work. The stuff that does work, we can't report on. But just believe us, it's working. But just yeah. believe me, and I'll, and give me more money than you did last year. That that's literally the the value proposition they're offering us right now. <laughs> yeah, if we tried to pull that, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Just so, trust so us. Just it's all good. So, do we want to talk about a couple conspiracy theories? Of why all this stuff has happened? What do you think I, it is, hey, Pete? Hey, Pete, you're a conspiracy theorist, theorist master, so I'd love to hear your conspiracy theories. All right, so I've got three theories. Pete, is it aliens? It's, that's number three. <laughs> oh, dude, you <laughs> ruined it. Dude. Spoiler. Yes. Spoiler. It's three. <laughs> dude. It, it, yeah, in the words of the guy from Ancient Aliens, I'm not saying it's TripAdvisor, but it's TripAdvisor. So, no, the first one is, are they selling out? You know, is Trip, we know TripAdvisor has been talked about specifically with Bookings Holdings, the you know, new name for Priceline Group. Are they looking to sell? And if so, are they just trying to pump up their revenue as much as possible? Well, it's even all right. So it's not it's not just incoming revenue, but it, it's cutting costs. Like it's it clear is. to me that operationally they're not investing where they should be, especially on the customer service side. Mm-hmm. But that is costing them revenue. We're trying to give them money with this new property. We're trying to give them money with Instant Book. We're trying to give them money with um, TripConnect for a lot of our clients. But and that's future revenue. They're screwing that's themselves. That's future revenue. Are they looking to get? bought out soon and they said hey customer service people adios see you later so yeah, if yeah. if if that's the case who might be buying TripAdvisor? well as i mean as i said it's it's booking holdings is it's it's got to be either around. booking holdings expedia group google or amazon, amazon. 
And, and it's my guess. It's probably not Google, right? That's I, not. I don't MO. think it's Expedia, just because they've had that massive purchase with HomeAway, VRBO. I mean, so they have yeah. a lot going yeah. on. I agree. I think it's it's either Booking Holdings or Amazon. I believe Amazon wants to get in this travel space bad. Well, they've tried four or five times right. and failed. Do right? Does Amazon need to no, have an existing? No, but do they need to have an existing pipeline into? Yes. They already have a fantastic review platform. Though. But they could. All they have to but do is But look how long it, it would take them to acquire the content. 30 minutes. No. Maybe <laughs> no. 40. I don't no. know. <laughs> See, that's the kind of arrogance that is why Am- Amazon failed in the cell phone business. That could be the case. You yeah. know, they, they thought, hey, we've got the consumers. We can just throw out a substandard product and eat up mm-hmm. the Apple. Right. Let, me, let me ask you, let me ask you this, Pete. If you saw tomorrow uh, TripAdvisor by Amazon. Do you feel better about TripAdvisor then? You know what? I probably would. I know I yeah. would. So I, Amazon's I'm not, I'm not, engineering is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. And their support I'm, is I think phenomenal. That they're the one. If it's going to be bought out, I think they're the one. Yeah, I, I, I think my bookings, money's still on, yeah. on bookings, but bookings holdings. But so anyway, that's conspiracy theory number one. Chime one, one, in. One, 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 one. Number two is they're arming up. That they see what's happening with. Airbnb, VRBO, Homeway, Expedia, all those groups growing that they need to get involved in their rental management or the vacation rental space and you know, really attack it, attack that. Space. That, that one just doesn't hold water for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I get it. I get where you're coming from with that conspiracy theory. But I think to to bite the hand that feeds them now, you know, just doesn't make sense. Like they're, they're doing that in at the expense of the hotel industry. I, it's a big market. The vacation rentals is a big market. Don't get me wrong. I think it's something that everyone in hospitality should be paying attention to and, and is very lucrative for them. But I don't understand why TripAdvisor would cut off a pipeline from the hotel industry or alienate the hotel industry because they're trying to get in the they're vacation They're currently space. doing that, in my opinion. Well, they're, they're, clearly, they're, they're doing that, but I don't think that's the And I think it's more than that. just the vacation rental space. I mean, are they going into the OTA space? Which we know they, they did. Are they are booking. an OTA. Yeah. I mean, they're a Metasearch. They're, they're an OTA. They're, they're all things. Mm-hmm. You know? When they're taking a percentage of a revenue for a booking, you become an OTA, in my opinion. Well, I, mm. I don't even know if that's your opinion. I think that's a fact. That's a fact. So GHA <laughs> is like one by as definition. Well. Yeah. It, that's exactly what it is. They're a MetaSearch and an OTA in one platform. So, yeah. Yeah. But are, are they going to take the mask off and say, we're an OTA? No. Well, it's tough for them to do that. It's, it's similar to Google's tribulations, right, in the travel space because their revenue, the majority of TripAdvisor's revenue today is, is coming from OTAs. So... Mm-hmm. To say they're an OTA in direct competition with an Expedia or, or Booking.com, does does that cut off that revenue stream now? Is that yeah. the reason? Let's go deeper conspiracy. Is that the reason why January had nothing but Booking.com booking.com showing? Yeah, yeah if you I, wanted I to get really conspiracy theory, you're exactly right. <laughs> but that points to conspiracy theory That also one. gets us sued, but for... All right. yeah. uh, but that also that points to conspiracy the... theory number one, <laughs> yeah. that Booking Holdings might be looking to buy them out. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so Pete, what was uh, conspiracy theory number three? This, to me, is one that holds the most water. This is legit, right? This is legit, but like the guy from Ancient Aliens, we're not saying it's aliens, but it might be aliens. 
I think so you think aliens have taken over TripAdvisor? It goes farther than that. I think TripAdvisors was always created by aliens, and it's gotten to the point now where they can start taking off their reptilian masks and showing us. How do you know they're reptilian aliens? They could I, be like silicon-based be, life No, because I, I, I like V, and I'm upset that they've tried to make that show twice and failed both times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just watch a good sci-fi show. Yeah. Then you'll be okay. All right, they're Cylons. There you go. Battlestar Galactica. I'm not saying it's Cylons, but it's, it's Cylons. Cylons. They had a plan. <laughs> but anyway, that's kind of the, the conspiracy theories that we have. I, I think the biggest hurdle that TripAdvisor has, aside from the technical issues that they have, but communicate with your partners. Communicate yeah. with the hotels, with the agencies, and let us know what's going on so that we can adapt right. accurately. Answer yeah. my phone calls. Give me a serious timeline when I ask you about something. I mean, these are these are things fundamental customer service, basic. right? Yeah. Pretty yeah. basic. We we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year with TripAdvisor, and we will spend a lot more money with them if they let us. Well, it is it's because beyond that, I mean, we are an agency, but if you communicate with us and we understand this is the value of sponsored positions. We can help make that case that it's worth spending more for business listings or getting involved with sponsored positions. But, I mean, we're going to always do the best thing from our client's perspective. And if you're not doing a good job of helping us understand that you're the best thing, then we're going to find other avenues for that budget. Yeah, there's no way I'm going to recommend this to a client of mine if I don't know the value of it. Right. I mean, you're not doing your job if you do. Right. Right. Yeah. So let's circle back. We might rehash this a little bit from what we've already said, but if you're a hotel sitting there listening to us rant for the past hour, what do you take from this? I take away... Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> but more foremost. Yeah, but after the aliens, I would say you still have to do the best job with customer service. You still need to invest in TripAdvisor because we're seeing it's a phenomenal return on investment it, for the right areas. It, it, in Specifically in TripConnect and InstaBook. Right. Okay. And then number three, you need to always be building new avenues for revenue and booking direct. You can't rely on this. Your rankings right. might fall tomorrow. TripAdvisor might become an OTA. And at that it's point, an OTA. It is an OTA. I, no, I, I know it is, but from a hotel's perspective, you need to be thinking about diversifying and not just saying I'm at TripAdvisor. Yeah. Uh, what do you? I mean, what do you guys think? I, I agree with all that. I'd like to see Phil's uh, heart rate monitor for this last hour. <laughs> Can we graph that and put yeah. that in the show notes? I'm at 86 beeps per minute yeah. right now, actually. So I'm kind of lower than normal. Yeah. Really? It's Calm. Beer. No, no, really, no, the answer is, is reporting is not available, but <laughs> yeah. we're aware of but the issue. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what my beats per minute are, but I'll get back to I you in nine weeks. I have weeks. a smartwatch. Is that an Apple watch? What do you have? It's a Fitbit. Oh, you do? I didn't even know you had one. That's how I lost so much weight through it. Because you took 10,000 steps a day. You watch yourself. Coming for you next biggest loser. We're starting on Monday. Yeah, bring it. All right. You're going down, son. I'm, you know what's great? Because we do Biggest Loser. I don't know, we've done it once a year probably for the last 10 years or so. and Varying degrees of commitment. I think this past one was probably one of the most committed. There was at least three people that were in it to win it. Uh, but I think, and we've never done this before, we took a week break. And I am gorging myself. I'm, I'm like <laughs> yeah. eating ridiculous. I had two cupcakes today. 
I hadn't had a cupcake Damn. in probably six months. I had two cupcakes today from downstairs because it was someone's birthday. I think Monday we start a new Biggest Loser. I think this is going to be one of the most competitive we've ever had. I think I, I pissed so many people off with this last one with the juice cleanse. You did. I think I have such a target on my back. People are going to try to take me down in this one. I you know, almost you know did re- with no juice cleanse. So I'm, I'm bringing heat on this but next one. Whatever it happens, we one, we've lost... 150 pounds from our company. I feel fantastic. But number two, I've had unfeathered access to all the sweets and cupcakes in the office because <laughs> nobody's been competing with me against it. Yeah, Thank you. You're pretty much consistently like not not skinny, not fat. You're like right yeah. at the right spot yes. the whole time. Stuart, I'll tell you what. I've been eating... I've been eating pizza and all kinds of bread and garbage that I hadn't been eating during yeah. Biggest Loser I, yeah. since since Monday. I weighed myself today. Only gained two pounds. Really? Yeah. Eating all that garbage? Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you I'm up more than that since Monday's win. And someone beat you. Hey, but all that matters week. is I won on Monday. I know. And I'm so disappointed in that. <laughs> I thought I had it in the bag. It, you came third, my, my friend. No, Alyssa, Alyssa got us. Yeah. Well, me, not you. Uh, yeah, I know. She was at like 1.4 pounds behind me. So from a percentage perspective. And, and she's been under your weight ever since then. Oh yeah, that's the worst if, part. If she, if we'd done final weigh in Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, or Friday, she would have won. She wins. It yeah. was just one that one Monday. I optimized my strategy to be at my lowest possible yeah. point at that point. It, you had I, you had a water volume of like heavy 8%. dehydration. Yeah, I dehydrated <laughs> the crap out of myself on Sunday night. Stuart and I both walked in the office on Monday with scratchy throats, barely yeah, being yeah. able to talk because we were so dehydrated. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna compete, boys and girls. You got to do it. We're right in it way. to win it over here. That's hundred percent right. All right, so that's our TripAdvisor episode. I think, I think, I think, I think we had a question. Did we not? We oh, oh, do we did. have a question. Who Guess is it who from? it was from? It's from this crazy Twitter handle uh, at. I can't pronounce. I can't pronounce that name. Moisha. Me is ha. Moisha. My Moisha. My, my at marketing ha. Moisha. I think so. At marketing me is ha. Me is ha. All right, okay. Marketing Misha, what does she have to say? At Marketing Misha has to say, question or potential episode for the Fuel Travel Podcast. We'd love to hear you guys and gal discuss predictions for the Facebook fallout. Will people leave and therefore shrink audiences? Will changes to the terms of service impact advertising opportunities? Is Facebook dead? RIP Facebook. That's a lot of questions. I think we know her opinion based on the hashtag RIP Facebook. Yeah, I disagree with her assertion. If you look at the the one, the stock price this week, gone back up. If you look at, and Zuckerberg said this in the congressional hearings, they have not seen any mass exodus of consumers. They have not seen any mass reduction in people using Facebook. People in general give zero hoots about their security and their mm-hmm. privacy on Facebook. They might say they do, but their actions speak louder than their words. And people are willing to trade their privacy for convenience. And they are so addicted to Facebook yeah, that Facebook this is, is not going to impact them one iota. And it was so funny to listen to some of the senator's questions towards oh, him. Oh, my god! Funny or sad and scary? No, it's funny because they clearly don't get Like, to me, they clearly don't get it. If you want, I, if you want to ask this guy a question, one of the smartest people, who understands what right, he's one of the smartest people on the planet, right? 
And and dude, he was flawless. Like I I, I probably clocked in over five hours of listening to him on the two days that he was there. And not one time did he. I mean, he could not have been on this episode of the podcast because, mm. I mean, not one plinth, not <laughs> one iota of emotion. Like every he never stupid said, question, hey, dummy. He, that's not yeah. how this works. Yeah, <laughs> he would say sometimes, "I'm not sure I understand what you're asking me." And that senator that just asked a question that the senator clearly didn't understand <laughs> would just repeat this exact same question because they didn't know how to elaborate on it. I mean, it's scary, dude. I would rather... This I would is much, your government. These are the people rather, making legislation. I want my senator to bring an expert to sit next to him and say, you ask him the question and then translate that in lay terms to me because I don't But that's get what it. they did. They had their people. They had. They didn't write these questions, these senators and these representatives. They had people, their quote-unquote experts, write the questions for them or... They all thought they were really cute by saying, I put it on my Facebook page and had my constituents ask the questions. <laughs> the questions were nonsensical. Were and it was clear to me that not one of those people asking questions understood social media, understood technology, understood anything that tells me that they are capable of making legislation that makes sense. Mm -mm. That's the scary part. Yeah. That's the really scary part. But as far as Facebook goes, I mean, I think it's inevitable there will be some legislation down the road. But Facebook's already heading in the direction. They're already going to comply with GDPR. They're already made fundamental changes since these quote-unquote breaches that weren't mm -hmm. really breaches that happened with um, Cambridge Analytica. So I, th I think Facebook it, it genuinely is doing the right thing by the consumer. They already give us controls beyond what we need, beyond what people know. Um, well, I think that's the point is, I mean, it was a big dog and pony show. The, it was. The, 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 the controls, Facebook won. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the controls are there. Facebook can do a better job educating customers if they want to. But at the end of the day, it no is one your reads data. Terms of service. No, nobody does, but it is your data. The person I think really lost in this is Zuckerberg's hairstylist because... <laughs> I don't know what he's got going on, but he's got enough money to well, dude, to get a decent hair. You know that Zuckerberg is not a real person, right? You he's know a, he's, he's a he's robot, an alien, right? For sure, he's Talk a robot. About aliens, yeah. that's an alien. He's artificial yeah. intelligence, and that's the, if you ever seen if you seen the Sophie bot, like the robot that. Oh, like, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. It's like looks and yes, uh, emotes yeah. like a human being. She was in it's just what, John Ronson's shoulders book, up, right? Yeah. She's the shoulders yeah. up. She's yeah. got like the clear back of the yeah. skull. Like Zuckerberg is a more advanced version of the Sophie bot. I'm 100% convinced. So they don't put a lot of effort into the hairstyle because all of their programming goes into the AI. Because they got to take it off to fix stuff. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just like Data in yes. uh, Star Trek. Yeah. They take off a part of his cr cranium yeah. and put some tool in there to yeah. reprogram him. Yeah. Zuckerberg did a phenomenal job yeah. making, making his point without you know, showing off or, or without yeah. saying, Senator, you are a monkey right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, he could have on many, many occasions, he could have just rolled his eyes or sh shook his head and just put his hand in his face in his hand and, and just given up. He did. It just reminds me of that commercial. Time. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. That's exactly right. <laughs> it was me shaking my fist listening yeah. to it. So, so Misha, I don't think this matters to Facebook in the long run. I, not think. I think they're going to be just fine. They're doing the right things. Um, I think we're going to continue to see data breaches. I think we're going to continue to see uh, things that are going to get on the radar of 
of the the House of Representatives of of the Senate, and they're gonna make some legislation. But like always, they'll probably overreach from a technology perspective. The legislation is always gonna be ten years behind, behind. Yeah, what they actually need to legislate. Yeah, I mean, look at look at what they've done for say email, right? Look at the can spam laws. Yeah. How antiquated those those yeah. are. You know how they're basically. I mean, you could argue that. It, it, it basically gives you rules of how to spam people versus yeah. restricting your ability to spam people. That's the same stuff mm-hmm. that's going to come out here. So, But it was fascinating. Man, if that was a channel where all I could watch is really smart people answering really stupid questions <laughs> from government people, I would watch that all day, every day. It was it was very enjoyable to me. C-SPAN? Yeah. Oh. So. Hey, uh, do we do we have a wish? We haven't done one of those in a couple of weeks. Uh, sure. We've got some wishes still on our wish list. Our next one is from Holly Zoba. Is it Zoba or Zaba? Zoba. Zoba. Mm-hmm. Well, Holly says, I wish for closer alignment between marketing and sales. I would love to see marketing programs that were created out of the needs of salespeople. For example, marketing and sales working more closely together to create buyer personas for their target audiences. I love this. And marketing creating content that salespeople can use to share to attract more qualified leads. Love it. Holly uh, is so smart and so spot she's on a with smart that. Cookie. And she comes from the sales side, right? She, she's, for years, she trained salespeople on how to sell hotels. So I get where she's coming from for that. But in general, the, the blending of all your departments, operations, sales, marketing, into a single unit where they're focused and unified behind a single set of KPIs, single goal, single purpose, it, it's going to benefit everyone at the end of the day. So I could not agree more. Yeah, stop working in silos. Yeah, exactly. Silos will be the end of your business and you will never, ever beat the competition if you operate in silos. This is when you're marketing me, should bring out a teamwork quote? <laughs> teamwork makes a dream work. What's gonna work? Teamwork. <laughs> that's that's two different Dude, children's that was spot shows. on. Thanks. Alright. I'm doing Wonder Pets over here and you're doing blues clues. Who cares? Come on. <laughs> Get Neither your, of which stuff. have I seen. Get your children's programs correct, Pete. I'm finally moving so. out of the kids' programs. So I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, have your kids moved on to like Disney? Like proper instead of Disney Junior. You know, watch out network TV because it's all YouTube and stuff. It's mm-hmm. there's no, you know, I watch this show. It's let me watch this kid play Minecraft. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna what watch this. Like Family Matters and good quality family TV shows. Now Fresh I just Prince really totally yeah. aged myself. <laughs> I do have that on a daily basis. CNC Music but, Factory. Yes, that. Uh, <laughs> And to end our Throwback Thursday episode of the Fuel Hotel Marketing yeah. Podcast. Brought yeah. to you by Alf. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was a great show. Though. I like Alf. He eats yeah. cats. Yeah. He'll come back. Don't worry. There'll be a reboot. There will be a reboot. And, the, and it'll be terrible. And there's a reboot of a new show on Netflix. But Lost I, in Space. Lost in Space. Thank you. Yeah, I have not watched it yet. Have you? No, it just came out today. Today's oh, the 13th for people listening in the future. I've seen the previews. I mean, it looks pretty yeah. good. I'm excited I, about I'm sure it's going to be better than the Lost in Space 2000 uh, movie with Tim Matt, Allen. With Matt LeBlanc. And Tim Allen was in that too, right? Was he? I don't know if sure that's he true. He was in a Lost in Space. Was he? Yeah. Are you? No, you're thinking of Galaxy Quest. Yeah, possibly. 
Some completely different. Okay. I don't think he was. Was in it, it also bad? You know who was in it? The Fetch girl from uh, Mean Girls. What's her name? She was in like she was some child oh. actor that was in some American. I know who you're talking show. about. I, it's on the tip of my tongue. And I yeah, can't think she of played it. Gretchen in Mean Girls. She was in it, and so was. It was Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc. Was Tim Allen? Are you looking on IMDb no, right now? No, I'm on Wikipedia. But okay. no, Tim Allen was not in it. I told you that. He, but he, as a Matt LeBlanc fanboy, I'm going to go by your... your <laughs> yeah. are, you, are you casting aspersions on me? Are you telling me I'm a Matt LeBlanc? We know you're a Matt LeBlanc fanboy. I, lo- I like friends. Joey. Gary Oldman was But he can never Gary be Oldman anything but know. Joey. We know the, the reason you like friends is because of Jennifer Aniston. Get out of here. Gary Oldman's one, one of my his, favorite actors. He, he's pretty good. I feel like we tangent more than we, ever yeah. before right now. Hey, what? any B news? Uh, you know, I I don't even want to talk about the B situation. It's bad. Is it bad? Yeah, because you lost one hive just to lost catch one people hive. up. That yeah, hadn't... one hive is completely gone. Right. The, you think the, it was the cold that got him, right? I, I think it was the cold that got him. And our other hive is on life support. It's, it's struggling. It's really bad. Yes. Really? Have you you peek in there daily or? <laughs> yeah, well, not daily. About weekly. I'll go yeah. check on them. So I mean, they're, they're hanging in there. They really just need the weather to get warmer and. Well, we're yeah. meant to start getting warmer yeah. now. Call Maybe. James Hetfield, see what he would do. I, dude, I would love to get James Hetfield's appearance, uh, opinion on my beat. Certainly, he's listening to the podcast. Yes, I know yeah. he does. Along with your advisor. Yeah. yeah. And Google. Yeah, but I do have a really important question for you. Pete. Uh, okay. It, it's it's a bee question. Uh. Where do bees go to the bathroom? Oh. I don't know. Where? At the BP station. Uh. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. That's actually a really good dad joke. Thanks, uh. Melissa. My kids are going to my hear that My job joke, here is done. And I'm going to tell them I came up with it myself. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I yeah. found it on Twitter. My kids will find that funny. Well. So. All right. I think we killed this episode. Yep. Sorry, well done, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Phil. When you're not on your plinth. Sorry for the rants, everyone. Where you can, can they- find me on Twitter at P Fariska. It's P F O R I S K A. And Melissa, you weren't too plinthy today. So. I let other people have their plinths. Yeah. Yeah. So I can- am at Twitter at M A Kavanaugh, M A K A V A N A G H. And Peter, plinthiest of, of them all. I'm at P DeMayo, P D I M A I O. And let me know on Twitter if you've seen any of these same issues. On TripAdvisor, I would love to hear about yes, it. Yes, please. Yeah, for Let sure. us know. Yeah. And if you're not on Twitter, you can email the, the, your feedback to info at fueltravel.com. Yep. And, and if you've had TripAdvisor issues that we didn't mention here, again, please let us know. Yeah. We'll add and, it. And if you're TripAdvisor, please don't sue us. And if you're <laughs> yeah. TripAdvisor, join our podcast because I've asked you six times. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can find me at Stuart Butler, S-T-U-A-R-T-B-U-T-L-E-R on Twitter. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. You can get the notes to this week's show at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 84. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. <laughs>